Welcome back to our Friday edition of the Craven and Blazak Experience. Alongside me is Anthony Craven, David Smith, and I'm Cody Blazak. And it is our first Friday up ahead of the SEC opening weekend, along with a bunch of other conferences opening up for the season. And the show is going to consist only of college football today. As it should. As it should, as everybody is excited for the new season coming up. And I know we're all excited. Anthony, you and I have talked about it a little bit today. David, we were just talking about the season opening up. And we had some games last night as well. A couple intriguing matchups. We had Ohio State and Minnesota, which turned into a very good game. And the Boise State-UCF game was also a very entertaining game to watch. And I think the first game we'll go over is the Ohio State-Minnesota game, which was... As an Ohio State fan, if you were an Ohio State fan, that was unnervingly close for a very long time until essentially Minnesota's running back got hurt, and that's when you blew the door open. And I I think if Minnesota's running back didn't get hurt, I think Minnesota takes that game late in the fourth quarter. I might be wrong. But Ohio State did not shine very well on the defensive side. And it was just as a spectator and not choosing sides in either of those teams, I'm not very confident in Ohio State after watching them play Minnesota. And Minnesota had a very good season last year. PJ Fleck. Two years ago. Excuse me, two years ago. PJ Fleck is showing to be a very good coach. So. I think there are some big things ahead for Minnesota. I'm not sure, but let's talk. They're running back. Anthony, you knew his name better than I did. Ibrahim, yeah, was sensational. At least I hope I'm saying it correctly. I said it. I said it with confidence, though. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize, and I was unable to watch the first half of that game. So by the time I got to watch it, I, I didn't realize when he went out with his injury in the third quarter that he already had 160 yards rushing. That's insane. But, but so two main takeaways here, one or, or, or three. The first is I think Minnesota will have a year this year similar to two years ago when they were essentially the second best team in the Big Ten, maybe the third best team. I think I think this Minnesota team will end up having a really good year because last year they had a bunch of guys out due to COVID. It was a weird, you know, they they're one of the teams that, that, that you know got kind of victimized by the Big Ten, where they were told you're you're not having a season. So so ha- so half their team opted out. And then oh oh JK, we are having a season. And they were like, well thanks a lot. You know Thanks a lot, Ohio State. <laughs> you know, so they they were kind of uh, you know behind the eight ball last year. But two years ago, I mean, you know, they were the darlings of of college football for half the season, I and mean, they were a victory over Ohio State away from potentially playing for the Big Ten title and playing for a spot in the in the football playoff. End of the year on a good note. On a good note, though, they uh, they beat Auburn uh, in the bowl game at the end of the season. So. Had a, bit, had a bit of a down year last year, but watching them in the second half last night, I thought, 
That's that's a really good coached, a really well coached team. That's going to be a team that's going to cause a lot of people in the Big Ten problems. So that was my that was my main takeaway on the Minnesota side. And hopefully Ibrahim is healthy and can come back. Uh, if if he's not, then let me just change everything I said about about Minnesota. But if he is healthy, that's a really really veteran offense that is really well coached, has a really good scheme, and they simply don't screw up. Now, do, do they have the the players to beat Ohio State? No. Penn State, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but what they do is they simply don't screw up, and they wait for you to screw up. And Ohio State, to their credit, didn't screw up. Uh, so on to Ohio State, and then I'll let y'all talk before I take up half the show here. But Ohio State, I mean, they again look like they're going to have an offense that's going to be almost impossible for a Big Ten defense to uh, to stop. Slow down, maybe. Stop, no. Um, and so I still think they are going to be the class of the Big Ten. But you know, at Ohio State, they care about playing for, for national championships. That defense is not national championship caliber. So they're gonna, that, that's going to be an, an issue for them in terms of competing for a national title. In my opinion, it's only a one-game sa- sample size. Will they get better as the year goes on? You would think. Um, but that's those are my three main takeaways. Ohio State, still the class of the Big Ten. It's crazy that they still have not lost a, a conference game yet under Ryan Day. And all but one other conference victories in the three years he's been there have been by at least 10 points, including last night. So still the class of the Big Ten. Not a national championship team, though, in my opinion, because of their defense, which was their Achilles heel last year, too. It's why they couldn't beat Bama, because they couldn't stop an elite offense. And if they can't slow down a good offense in Minnesota, how are they going to slow down uh, elite offenses? Indiana might put up 40-something points on them because of the way they play. Uh, so, and the Minnesota, I think, is going to be a good team, but not good enough, clearly, to, to knock off the, the champs of that conference. Yeah, I mean, the Ohio State's going to be, they're going to be fun to watch this year, and we saw that. Obviously, the first half was not pretty for Ohio State. They were down, um, but, I mean, they're still young. They've got yes. a lot of kinks to work out. On they, the road, um, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've got some time here. We're really, I'm really interested to see, their, they play Oregon next week, and I'm yeah. excited to see how that goes. That's going to be... A lot of fun, and I'm sure we'll dive into that game before next weekend. But that's going to be interesting because Oregon's looking to prove that the Pac-12 deserves some respect. And if they can catch Ohio State slipping early here, this would I could. If that, uh, yeah, if, 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 I mean, I'm sure they're they're watching film or they're watching the game last night, thinking, hmm, okay, I think we know how to attack Ohio State's defense now, <laughs> and so. And they have better players than Minnesota does. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. They they, they want to – They the only shot of them getting a Pac-12 team into the college football playoff would be if Oregon beats Ohio State and then runs the table. Like that's, the, that's their only real chance at it. Yeah. Uh, for Minnesota's running back, Ibrahim, we talked about I – mean, he played phenomenally and then he got hurt in the third quarter. He rushed for 163 yards – on 30 carries up into the middle of the third quarter. I, I I can't begin to fathom 
how many yards or carries he would have had if he finished that game. Say 30 carries? 30 carries. And, and the third quarter wasn't even over yet. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, I, I mean, it's very possible he could have had close to 44 carries in – 225 yards. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and he had two touchdowns as well. And I would have, my best guess is he would have scored at least one more. I, but we, I, I hope he gets healthy soon. I hope the injury isn't too serious. I, he's a ball to watch. And I, he's a big key to Minnesota's offense this year. On the Ohio State side of offense, very, what I will assume is going to be an unpopular opinion. I'm not impressed with with their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, whatsoever. He had all this hype going into the season, and, yeah, he put up good numbers last night and he ended up winning the game. But every big yardage pass wasn't because he made a spectacular throw. It's because he threw the ball to Chris Olave on the side of the field where nobody was 10 feet near him, <laughs> and Chris Olave just weaved down the field and scored. I did not see anything impressive about him whatsoever. He, he, There was a stretch during the game, and I know he's a freshman and he's young, and when he gets older, maturity will kick in, and it was probably a little bit of nerves in his first college game. But there was a stretch in that game where he went like one for seven for like negative two yards and an interception. A lot of great slash really good quarterbacks in college don't do that like ever in their career. So that worries me for them. And that depth chart for Ohio State's quarterback is also ridiculous. So I, I don't think quarterback will be a or an issue in the future for them. But their starting quarterback as of now, I'm not very confident in. Well, it's convenient when you have Chris Olave out there playing wide receiver. Someone I think is, I think he's the best receiver in all of college football. Yes, he's in, incredibly talented. So, um, if if you can't hit him while he's open, he'll make himself open. So, it's just he's that's nice. And obviously, C.J. Stroud is young. He's talented enough to be the quarterback for Ohio State. No doubt about it. He's just got to. It almost feels like he needs to relax. Yes. Um, just kind of and and like you said, Cody, it could be nerves. First game on the road, in a packed out house. So I mean, it's it's not a not an easy. Get easy game for a redshirt freshman to walk into in a conference game too. It was it was not a pleasant environment. I think right. I think <laughs> next weekend they'll be back in Columbus. They'll be playing there, and hopefully he'll be a little bit more relaxed. So, but I mean overall, you can tell this Ohio State offense is definitely there. Yeah, and they've got they've got what a, a national championship type offense. But yes. like you like you said, Anthony, their defense needs some work. Uh, we'll find out in the upcoming weeks how those two teams pan out during the season. Uh, the other intriguing matchup from last night was between Boise State and UCF. This was uh, Gus Malzahn's first game after being fired from Auburn, which he definitely shouldn't should have lost. Somehow he pulled it out. <laughs> Gus Malzahn has lucky written all over his face. He did it at Auburn, and he did it again last night. They were down 21 coming into the second half. They ended up winning the game 36-31. to 
That was the largest comeback of his career, and it also happened to be the largest comeback win in UFC program history, which I just don't understand how Boise State gave up that lead. There was a point, I do not know what they finished with in the game, but I do know at a point in the fourth quarter with about six minutes to go, Boise State only had five offensive yards in the second half. Yeah. They I mean, they hardly ever had the ball in the second half. I mean, UCF started going on these really long, time-consuming drives, just running. I mean, it's, think about the best offenses Gus Malzahn had at Auburn. That's what they were doing last night in the third and fourth quarters at, at UCF. It, it, it was essentially option football out of the pistol or out of a spread shotgun formation. And, and they were, they were spreading out the Boise state defense and they're running it, you know, power runs right at them. The quarterback Gabriel did a really good job for UCF on, on scramble plays, you know, even on first and 10, if everyone's covered up, just pick up seven yards on a scramble and the slide or get out of bounds. And they kept, and they, and they were doing that and just running the clock. Around the clock, and by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, Boise's defense was gassed. I mean, they, they they just couldn't come up with stops. And then defensively, UCF made some adjustments there late in the first half, and uh, and Boise just didn't. Boise did not make the adjustments UCF did, and 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 it really was, you know, as much as SEC people don't want to give Gus Malzahn credit, he and his coaching staff just coached circles around Boise State's coaching staff, which is brand new. It's a brand new coaching staff at Boise State. Um, Their head coach was Oregon's defensive coordinator. It's his first job as a head coach. Uh, I think Boise will still be good, but but yeah, I mean, they were up like that, you know, 21-0 first quarter, and you thought, oh man, they're going to blow UCF out on their home field to, to open the season and and give UCF credit. They, they made some adjustments and, and came back and just whittled away, you know, chopped away at that lead and then just dominated the third and fourth quarters. Although Boise did score late and, and made things very interesting down the stretch. I mean, UCF had to score in, in the last, what, two minutes to come away with that victory. That was easily the most entertaining game of the, uh, of the night last night. Boise State, I did just do a fact check, 87 yards for the second half. That's all. How many plays did they run in the, in the, in the second half? Is It wasn't many. It was not many. <laughs> it was not. That, I mean, the second half felt for Boise State that it was three and outs and yep. turnovers. Yep. They just couldn't get out of a slump. And they had a safety, too. They did, yeah. Had a bad snap yeah. on, on a punt. They yep. also had a really nice pick six in the first I believe it was the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. Hundred yard pick six, and for UCF to come back after something like that happening, props to them because that is that's a hard one to get over. First game of the year, especially their quarterback. So, props to them. Uh, Moving forward with UCF this year, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to be in and out (laughs) of the top twenty-five on the pure fact that Gus Malzahn. Malzahn is one of the just luckiest coaches in college football and came from perhaps one of the luckiest colleges in college sports. And we've seen, and yes, I agree with you, and, and, and you've seen 
over his tenure at Auburn when he has a dual threat quarterback. And listen, they're not going to run a ton of, you know, straight read option with, with Gabriel, but he, he has no problem running when he needs to. And we've seen at Gus Malzahn over the years when he has a really good running back, which it appears he does, Bowser, the uh, Northwestern transfer, was just gashing Boise State last night. When, uh, when Gus Malzahn's offense has a good running back, a power running back, with a dual threat quarterback, that scheme is really, really, really good. So UCF, I mean, I don't think they're going to beat Cincinnati in that, in that conference this year, but we'll see. I mean, they're going to be favored in almost every other conference game they play outside of that matchup with Cincinnati. All right, we're going to jump into preview time now. I think we're excited about that. Tomorrow, it's got some really good games going on. The first one we're going to hit is one of the most intriguing matchups of the day. It may not be the best, but the Alabama-Miami game. Uh, Alabama is number one in the nation at the moment. Miami is number 14. A couple months back, Derek King, Miami's quarterback, came out and said that we're going to essentially smack around Alabama, which (laughs) I don't know why you would say that because (laughs) as a student at a school, and we even did this in high school, when we won a big game or something, you would always say we want Bama. When you get Bama, you realize, yeah, but when you get Bama, you realize you don't want Bama. No, no, right. And to say something like that publicly on a stage where everyone is going to hear it, why would you do that? Nick Saban is, I'm sure he has found (laughs) many ways to motivate his players throughout the years. This is just another way to motivate them even more. So... Good luck to Miami after that. <laughs> um, as far as Bama goes, we're going to get to see Bryce Young start for them. Uh, the kid's making a million dollars off of deals. Supposedly. Uh, supp- yeah, supposedly a million dollars. I-, I think Bryce Young is going to be a good quarterback for Alabama and I- might end up winning him a national championship. But what I want to talk about is if he doesn't and he just made all of that money. How how does that work with an organization that is paying him all this money and then he just fails and is completely irrelevant after the season? Um, I mean, that's that's tough. I think there's just there's no other life. That's life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. You're taking a this guy's the the starting quarterback for Alabama, so companies are gonna obviously pay top dollar to be to have him sponsor them. So. Especially if the companies are already sponsors of the program exactly. in general. Yeah. So I mean it's it's something that they're gonna hop into. But I mean Bryce Young looks very good. He's an extremely talented quarterback, obviously. We knew that when he was coming into college and there were rumors around whether or not last year whether they would just start Bryce Young as a true freshman or give the job to Mac Jones and they ended up giving it to Mac Jones which seemed to be good the, right, move. Good the, right, move. the right move at that time yeah but now it's Bryce Young time and I think that this team is is still extremely loaded with talent so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch but you know this Miami team is they're, they're talented too obviously no one has the kind of talent that Alabama has but Miami is a talented team and they're they're I think they're going to end up being 
at worst, the third best team in the yeah. ACC. I yeah. agree, and, and maybe even the second best. Yeah, they could they could be better than North Carolina. We'll see how that they they did this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is going to be the best team that they've had since Manny Diaz mm-hmm. has been there as as their head coach. And and I agree with you, David. There, Miami has the roster of a good team of a top fifteen team, but I don't think they're there yet to be able to beat a top five team, much less the defending national champions. An intriguing matchup is going to be when Bama's on offense and and Miami's on defense because the strength of this Miami team is going to be their defense, in my opinion. And and Bama's weakness, if there is one this year, just because of the youth on that side of the ball, is going to be their offense. Um, And so if Miami has a chance to pull off the upset, it's going to be forcing turnovers, uh, especially if you know, and Manny Diaz is a you know a defensive-minded guy who's known for dialing up all kinds of weird blitz packages, and so I mean, I, I'm assuming they're going to try to try their best to confuse Bryce Young, um, and maybe throw some things at him defensively that they won't use a, a ton the rest of the season to try to get him you know thrown off his game. But Bama's defense is going to be so good. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this Bama team does defensively I think it has a chance to be their best defense in some time and that's where they're going to win this ball game I mean Miami's offense uh Derek King is a good quarterback he's coming off that major injury though which 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 will take away at least some if not most of his mobility which is one of his greatest assets mm-hmm. uh so forcing him to be more of a pocket passer that's I just don't I just don't see this Miami offense moving the ball well against um the tide yeah, I mean, I love I love that this is kind of a. I, I they were showing comparisons last night during the, during the UCF game of just like, Bryce Young's career starts zero, Derek King's career starts like thirty four <laughs> or something. I mean, he and is twenty nine years old. Yeah, so. he's he's, <laughs> he's been he's been not around. really Cody. <laughs> oh, I was like, is he real? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, he, he is he, he is older though. He's, he he old. Yeah. <laughs> He's been around. Yes. But it's going to be interesting to watch. I think that, I mean, if I had to pick when to play Alabama, I'd pick the first game of the year, especially True. with all their youth. So, That's, I mean, you, you would much rather play them in September versus December. November or, yeah. or December. Yeah. yeah. That's, it was, this they, is, they've got a, I think they have a chance to do it. I don't want to say it's impossible, but I mean. What are our predictions for the game? You go first. I'll take I'll take Bama by eleven. Anthony, usually in a game like this, where there's been lots of time to get ready and lots of build up, Bama just slaughters their opponents. You know, not not all the time, but most of the time. Uh, I think Bama pulls away late and wins by three touchdowns. I've got Bama by eighteen. So all all around the same ballpark. I, th- I mean, it's going to be a fun game regardless to watch because we're all so excited for it. But the game I think we're all really excited for is that night, primetime TV, Clemson, Georgia. I think we're all incredibly excited for that. We've only got like three and a half minutes, four minutes because we started ranting about everything else. That's, see, yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> but <laughs> what's new for us? Um, So... Obviously, we're all excited for this uh, game. Clemson's quarterback, and I will not attempt to say his last name once again, 
DJ. D- yeah, DJ. We're, we'll call him DJ because that is his first name. But he is Trevor Lawrence's replacement. And Trevor Lawrence is an all-time great college quarterback. He's got some big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah. And I, I partially feel bad for him because it's going to be hard to fill. But the game that we did see him play an entire game was Notre Dame during the regular season, I believe, last year. Yeah. They did end up losing that game. He had two starts, actually. But, but yeah, Notre Dame and, uh, and Boston College. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I, in my he opinion, at, he looked good yeah. in Notre Dame. I think that the Boston College game was a little closer than most like people would have liked to it wasn't see his, it. It wasn't his fault, though. That Correct. The BC game was, was close. But I, I think it'll be fun to watch him and... I'm just I'm not sure what to think about this Clemson team this year for one, because I haven't done a whole lot of research on them either. But they got I mean, they got to replace a lot of guys on offense. I mean, not just Trevor Lawrence, um, and they were a, a team that probably, if not for Trevor Lawrence, wouldn't have been anywhere close to the to the playoff last year. I think he I think Lawrence masked a lot of deficiencies they had last year, mainly because they were a young team last year. I think this year they are a much older team on defense. So I think it may be a season where their defense has to win them some ball games uh, as opposed to just assuming the offense scores 45 points every Saturday. This is one, this is a season where it's convenient for Clemson. They play on the ACC. Yes. That's just, that's just what it is. Bingo. Um, it's convenient for them, but they they open it up against the third best SEC team, in my opinion. I think <laughs> right there, I put Bama and A and M ahead of them. So it'll be which I'm interested to see how this A and M team does. But we'll dive into that later. But this, I'm not sold on this Georgia team. I'm not. Neither am I. Yeah, it's not. They are coming into the season with quite a bit of injuries. Yeah, for one. yeah. Not many people are sold on this Georgia team, and they're coming in with injuries. What's crazy is Clemson is only favored by three, and yeah. that. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, think that's because I don't think anyone's sold on this Clemson team either. Well, I mean, and Clemson is is ranked lower than Georgia for a reason. So, so it's it's odd that 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 Georgia. What, what do you mean ranked lower? Georgia's ranked third, and Clemson's fifth. Vice versa. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, is it really? I believe it's. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's, yeah. Vice versa. Interesting. I don't know why I thought Clemson yeah. is three, Georgia is five. Yeah. I remember seeing that because Oklahoma's two, and I was like, "Why is Clemson <laughs> not two? That's what I was. Because everybody loves Spencer Rattler, and I do not understand why. Yeah, I don't That's, either, yeah. But. It's I if if Georgia was totally healthy, you know, if, if they had George Pickens, if they had their full arsenal, I I would pick Georgia to win this game, straight up. I think um, Vegas might too at that point. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's just I just don't like the way things are trending for Georgia right now with the way that they're no. banged up on both sides of the ball before the year even starts. Who do we think is going to win and scores, or by how many at least? David, Clemson by fourteen. Anthony, I'm ah, I, I say Clemson in, in a close one. Clemson by three. I've got I've got Clemson by three as well. Uh, anyway, that'll wrap up today's show. Uh, our next episode will be Wednesday because Monday we have Labor Day. We will not be here. Uh, starting this Wednesday, though, it will just be 
David and myself on the shows as Anthony is leaving us. So sad. He's, uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just just not coming in to record. (laughs) Um, but David and I will be doing it. And, uh, I mean, me and Anthony have done this for like a year now. I think it is whether it be just over a year. yeah, Yeah. Just over. I think like a year ago today, almost is when we did our first college football show which I think is really neat that we end it out with college episode. But our new show name will be called Hot Takes Now, courtesy of David Smith. Um, and we will it's a be long coming... show title. <laughs> hot Takes, courtesy of David Smith. I, I am the one that brings the hot takes. Cody just sits there and raises his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we'll be doing that again. It'll be same content, content, same layout. So we hope to see you again Wednesday. For David Smith, Anthony Craven, I'm Cody Blazak. We will talk to you again Wednesday.